Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's Detroit. draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball! Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. From long range. Oh! Yes! Yes! Detroit Basketball! Pistons fans, welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mike Angolano, and joining me, as always, are my good friends, Aaron Johnson and Jasper Apollonia. How are you two doing, fellas? Was I a good friend until Jasper joined the show? Like, you know, I have to. I haven't been addressed that by you until he joined. I think I've said, How are you doing, my friend? And I've said, How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, I just feel like this one had a little bit more significance to it. And because of that, I'm doing a little extra well today. Okay. Let's there get it go. going. I there love go. it. I love it. I'm I'm doing great myself. Um, still celebrating that wonderful, wonderful Italy win yesterday in the World Cup. It's coming to Rome, baby. Um, yeah, come on, man. Let's let's Team USA is falling apart, but Italy's on the rise. So, you know, it's not all bad. And I have right. two great friends, Aaron Johnson and Mike Anguilano. There we go. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. We love Italy here. We do love Italy. Um, did anybody do any betting for the Euro Cup? Dude, I'm always betting now. I am always betting. Okay, Aaron, why are you on, always betting? Before we got on the show, I put my life savings on Shohei to win to win the Derby. All right. I'm I'm a little I'm 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 doing pretty well. I'm doing pretty well on the betting. Wow. Both, you you pre- degenerate, Aaron. You put high. a whole you put a whole fifty dollars on Shohei. To the <laughs> win. <laughs> wow, wow! A lot of confidence from a guy that this is his second week on the show. A lot of confidence. Oh, you know what? He called you a good friend. Yeah, and then just threw you over the stick. <laughs> Look, man, much. you can't blame me for being confident. I just took out a third mortgage on my mom's house uh, to place on Italy yesterday. So I'm riding high right now. <laughs> I got into a verbal confrontation with Rudy Giuliani's son. It's it's all good. It's all positive. That's what it's all we're about. Gonna be, we're going to be sponsored by uh, How to Quit Betting number by, by the end of this uh, <laughs> tenure that we have here. We're going to be on a we're gonna have a betting help hotline as our as our new sponsor. No um, sense. But all the bets, all the bets, and you can do all of the bets and more with Bet Online. July is underway, and it's a great month for sports. That's very very true. The Open Championship, it's Open Week. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you can find all of your sports bets from the NBA to the hockey playoffs, which are over thanks to the Tampa Bay Lightning going back-to-back. Baseball's marquee matchups, like Aaron said, with Shohei Otani in the home run derby. You get prop bets, futures. BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting 
needs. So visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and you receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That has come in clutch for many people. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Aaron, it's open week. That's pretty fun. Yeah, so I went I went this is this is where I lost some money, but I went on the John Deere Classic final day Sunday. I hedged pretty hard. I gave myself three different guys and I came up short. I did not pick the right guy. Uh who did I I picked Kevin Na. I picked the guy that was in first. Um who was it going into Sunday? He'd been he'd been like the leader all week and then I picked one other guy, and, and neither of them got the job done. But, hey, a, a new week of golf, a new opportunity, all right? So I'm still doing my research. Uh, I am I, – I really like Jordan Spieth. Not that I think he's going to win. I just I enjoy watching him golf. Kind of reminds me of me, the way that he just kind of throws his club around after a bad shot. Might have to toss some money on him just out of respect for, for how angry we get on bad golf shots. Um, but the open, it's another opportunity to get out there and bet all for it. Absolutely. The fescue, Aaron, the fescue. That's one of my favorite words that I've learned from watching the open championship is fescue. And it's that horrible, tall grass that really I get into almost like a magnet that you can't get out of. Um, and then you end up having to take a stroke, but the open will certainly have a plenty of that being a public course. It's going to be messy. That makes bet. That honestly, that makes any bet of just a little bit more scary, but a lot more fun. I'm all for it, man. You know me. I'm I, I, for like the last month. I've been a full time gambler, so I'm all for it. Oh Lord, okay. <laughs> like I said earlier, uh, we're going to be having some some bet help uh, sponsors soon. That's um, all right, man. Mike, hey, look, for better or worse, the Palace of Pistons podcast uh, budget is either going to dramatically go up <laughs> or stay at the exact same level as it is right now. So yep, our $4 regardless, <laughs> it's, we're playing with house money, Aaron's money, but still house money. Right. Perfect. You know, I'm, I think I'm, I think I'm good with that. I think I'm good with that. Um, you know what I'm not good with is continued talk about Kate Cunningham not going to the Detroit Pistons. And I said this last week, we're going to keep having this conversation. We're going to keep talking about it until the draft happens. We are officially at, can we get the draft here right now point? Because I'm really tired of looking at just the endless baseless speculation of who's going to go number one and how the, the Rockets are going to give up like cheese its and gum and the number two pick to get Kate Cunningham. But according to the athletic, the Rockets are fixated on getting Kate Cunningham, but they don't believe in offering up to Detroit what it would take to move into the top spot, which begs the question of why even talk about it. So Aaron, we've already hashed this over. Should the Pistons even be open for business with the number one overall pick? I feel like that was a shot at me picking this as a topic. Like, why? No, 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 no. It's it's meant to stir the pot by, you know, 
the NBA community, it's, it's worth talking about. I mean, my next question, we could even skip to that one is, uh, you know, what, what could Houston put together that would entice you enough that's kind of where the I top pick. To go with this. I, I kind of wanted to go with what is it going to take from Houston to get the number one pick? And I, I think you look at players, you look at assets that they have, obviously Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood, who probably should still be a Detroit Piston, but We've already talked about that a lot on this show, and I've already talked about that a lot on my channels. Um, but those are obviously the two guys that that matter the most in terms of player assets. I mean, they Sean Tate. I still go back to like, does Christian Wood and and four first round picks, or or, or the number two pick, or whatever the number two pick and then three more first round picks. Like, do you do that? Like that's obviously a lot of draft capital and the Rockets are probably going to be pretty bad for the time being. Like you've at least got two, three years until they're on the verge of maybe competing for the playoffs. Like what they're doing, this rebuild that they're in is very new. So let's say, Troy Weaver really, really, really likes Jalen Green. And he can get Jalen Green and three first-round picks down the line, whether it's one next year or, you know, they're every other year. Does that intrigue you a little bit? I mean, considering that they could be decent-positioned picks? That, that doesn't intrigue me, and, and here's why. Uh, I'm interested in if you can put together something like second pick, third pick in this year's draft, I'll think about that. I'll really think about that. But the reason why I'm not interested in something like number two and three other first rounders is for the same reason. uh, I don't think that Boston, the Celtics necessarily did a good job with, with their draft capital. Things change quickly in the NBA a team that might look hopeless today could be a title contender tomorrow. We just saw it with the Nets over a what, two year span. Basically they were awful. And then they, now they have KD James Harden and Kyrie Irving all on the same team. I'm not interested in looking towards the future. For me, that feels like a very, unfortunately Detroit sports fan thing to do. And I don't mean to, to throw every Detroit sports fan under the bus, but there's so much of it I see with like the Tigers, for example, where it's, well, just wait. Oh, just wait till this guy comes up and just wait till this. Look at the farm system. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in winning games right now. I'm interested in putting the best team on the floor that you can possibly put, put onto the floor today because nothing is for certain. And what might be you know, a high lottery pick right now in two years could be garbage. I'm not, I'm not trying to see, yeah, maybe I get Imani Bates next year, or maybe I'm drafting the next, you know, uh, uh, Aaron Neesmith. Like, look, this isn't, this is not where the franchise needs to go. This franchise needs certainty. This franchise needs solidity. This franchise needs a franchise player. And Cade Cunningham is that. I'm not passing up 
a franchise player for the potential of another franchise player. That to me seems like nonsense. The so other, I'll, I'll play. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. The one other thing I wanted to say is the other thing about this that I wanted to talk about within this is you, you keep hearing all these teams are in love with Kate Cunningham. They're trying to trade up for Kate Cunningham. And, and then you hear the other, the other side of how the Pistons who actually have the pick are enamored with Jalen green and like Evan Mobley and are willing to trade the pick. And it's just like, maybe they're just, you know, talking that talk to, to drum up trade interest to see if they can get that Godfather offer. But what does it say when literally every team standing behind you in the draft order would is trying to move up to one? Like how obvious, how obvious does that make it that you just need to, to, to stop the talk, make the pick and, and let's move on. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was getting at too. It's like if everyone's going after Kate Cunningham, obviously there's something about Kate Cunningham that they all are lusting after. But mm-hmm. the Pistons are a little bit further ahead. I mean, let's let's be honest; they're closer to making the playoffs than the Rockets are. I think you could make an argument they're closer to making the playoffs than maybe even the Cavaliers are. They're definitely closer to making the playoffs than the Oklahoma City Thunder are. And it kind of comes back to goals as well. You know, I think there is a case to be made that Jalen Green and Evan Mobley are those building block, build your team around best player on a championship team type of guys. Definitely Jalen Green, maybe less so with Evan Mobley. But I think the scoring potential of Jalen Green does propel him or at least give him the, the, the chance to be that unstoppable type of bucket getter. Cause he just is crafty. He's young. He's a, yeah, he's wiry, but you know, thin guys being thin has never been a reason to not draft somebody you can put on weight and Evan Mobley is going to have to do the same thing. I think that Jalen green and multiple first round picks that you could put together to get another win now piece and package them together I mean, that's to me, that's that's a playoff team, and maybe that's enticing. I don't think I would do that. I think I would get Kate Cunningham and have a very good team for many, many years because you've done so well to build this core. But that's kind of the luxury that the Pistons have put themselves in by having such a good tank job. They've given themselves good young pieces. They've given themselves some cap flexibility moving forward. And they drafted well, and now you get the number one pick. I mean, you have some flexibility to kind of pivot if, if you wanted to do that thing. But, And we know that Tom Gores can get in his own way and do that. He, he wants to make the playoffs, whether it was the eighth seed and, and sweeping out or not. I think that you can make a case that Houston could put together a big package of picks. I don't have their draft picks up here. They might not even have the picks to make that happen because of all the other trades they've had to make the last several years. But – Overall, I, I mean, Jalen Green's pretty good. I mean, he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty darn good. So is Evan Mobley. I don't see why. And that's why I said, like, if you're going to give me two and three, I'll think about that for sure. Because, well, heck, just look at the NBA Finals right now. Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. That's a pretty good combination, isn't it? And I think there's no reason that, you know, of course, they're very different players. But 
I think if you put Suggs and Mobley together on a team, I think that's a great combination of styles as well right there. Two guys with like a lot of upside. And I think Jalen Green can do the things that maybe Evan Mobley can't do super well. He can do them at a really high level. And Mobley can do the things that Jalen Green doesn't do very well at a very high level. So I think that'd be a great combination right there. Um, You know, and I think one of the things that's also being kind of forgotten about in this discussion is that the Pistons are no lock to make the playoffs next year, not even close. So there's no reason the Pistons can't be back in the lottery next season, making another top five pick top seven pick, whatever it may be, depending on how the lottery goes. And you're talking about getting in an absolutely loaded draft next season, loaded draft you could potentially be getting a a great player there as well. So uh, for me, I'd rather just take the guy that's the sure thing, or, you know, you give me two guys that are, have the potential to be franchise players themselves, but it's a little less of a, of a certainty than it is with Cade. Yeah. I'm I'm all in on, on just, let's, let's keep it simple. You, You take the guy that, you just absolutely should be taken and you don't need to get cute with it. You don't need to get cute when you make, when you win the lottery, when you get the number one pick for the first time since, you know, 1970. Uh, This is a no brainer for, for Detroit. And I really hope this is the last week that we have to talk about something like this, but you continue to hear all (laughs) these different names brought up. And you hear the Houston Rockets, and before it was like the Cavs, the Thunder, the Pelicans, and where's that? Where is that piece? That's just like after all the talk, the Pistons are still all in on Cade Cunningham. Yeah, they're going to continue to listen to trade offers, but if the draft was today, they're taking Cade Cunningham, and we haven't gotten that yet. So I, I think the speculation, as annoying as it is, it still deserves its its spot at the top of the news cycle because we haven't gotten that type of article yet. We haven't got gotten that type of report yet. But at the end of the day, I just I just really don't see how the Pistons deviate from the path that that leads to Kate Cunningham with the Pistons. Yeah, Aaron, I'm going to say this right now. I don't think you're ever going to get an article like that with Troy Weaver as your general manager because that guy is not going to show you his hand when he's playing poker. That's how I look at it. Like he's always going to be looking for an edge. He's always going to be looking for a potential trade. He's always going to be looking for that hidden gem. Uh, For me, I don't, I really would be surprised if you ever saw an article that really laid out exactly what Troy Weaver's plan is while he's the GM in Detroit. It just doesn't seem like his, his personality and his, and his modus operandi. So this is probably a conversation for after the Pistons draft Kate Cunningham, but Jasper, you said they're nowhere near making the playoffs. I I think they're not a sure thing. That's what I would say. Oh yeah, definitely not. I I, I was going to say, I mean, Kate could have that LaMelo factor because Charlotte was also not anywhere near the playoffs after losing Kemba. No, they they made the play in. I yeah. mean, Cade's got that feel, and the Pistons, I don't remember the stats off the top of my head, but I remember reading it, I think it was James Edwards III of The Athletic, about how many close games they lost 
And if they had that other piece that, you know, the script is flipped and, you know, all of a sudden they're, you know, the 12 seed and they're hanging around with Toronto and then you get a little bit healthier. You don't bench Jeremy Grant at the end of the year to make sure you end up with a top three spot in the lottery. And I feel like you add Cade Cunningham plus everyone's still healthy, plus an extra year of Killian being healthy and Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bay getting some, some time with team USA and growing. I mean, I feel like that's a playing team to me. To me, maybe I'm getting a little ahead of hey, myself. I love this. I love this idea. I love this talk. This is a future pod topic that I cannot wait to get into. This is, I, I, I'm so enamored by the possibilities of next season with the Pistons because they could very much end up being a playoff team. All of a sudden, that first round pick goes to Houston and they don't have it. Or they don't make the playoffs, and you're probably getting that talk of, oh, is Dwayne Casey on the hot seat? Is Cade Cunningham not as good as as advertised? Is Jeremy Grant not good enough to be a leader on a, a playoff team? Like the Pistons, you know, no matter what happens, it's going to be interesting for their trajectory moving forward because either a they they can make the playoffs and get the top pick or b or, or they can make the playoffs and lose their first round pick or b they can miss the playoffs and then you're gonna get start to get those questions that teams that can and should and will be good get when they stumble for the first time and i'm excited for that i, I can't wait to get into after the draft after uh, you know free agency getting into the legitimate talks of oh is this a playoff team and you know right now i think you look at at where the east is at and it's like mike i think you're 100 right i think this i think this is a playoff or i mean i think this is a play-in team i i, I really don't see uh, assuming that they end up with kate cunningham i really don't see why they shouldn't be yeah and you know maybe maybe i'm overselling how impactful Cade is, you know, is able to be. And there will certainly be some assimilation that, that he's going to need into the league. But again, this is the job that Troy Weaver's done, drafted well. You have ready now impact players that are young, plus an excellent signing in Jeremy Grant and a good coach in Dwayne Casey. And it led to the number one pick. And it just so happens that this is a transcendent type of talent at the top this is what you wait for. This is what the Philadelphia process was all for. And it's why so many teams are tanking. It's why the NBA had to change the, the odds is for, for stuff exactly like this. It went perfectly. Yeah. I feel like he is that kind of guy. I mean, we'll see, but on paper, it uh, is certainly very, very tantalizing. And in worst case scenario, you're back on the lottery next year in one of the best drafts in like a decade. So That's true wow that's gonna really suck oh no not another top five pick oh please no not imani bates i'd hate to have chet holmgren for the next five years that sounds awful. i I can't wait for (laughs) if the pistons get kate cunningham don't make the playoffs and everyone's mad again it's like god we're back in the lottery again hey man yeah they won't be so mad they won't be so mad after they see the 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 draft class next year they really won't it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good one. And you know yeah. what? It's it's kind of fun also to to 
be back in this place where the Pistons are now interesting again for like the first time in forever. Uh, <laughs> like we're going to experience the ups and downs of what comes with expectations. We're going to experience the ups and downs of what comes with a potential superstar player, a number one pick. So yeah. Hey, it's, yep. it's not all going to be great. Trust me, but yep. you have people doubting Luka Doncic right now. So it Whoa. things get weird at a certain point, but like when it's all said and done, I think we're going to look back on, on this in 10 years and we're going to be like, man, that was a good time. It what, feels back. What, good to get back. What players are you trading the number one pick for? Like active players right now? Yeah. Yeah. Like obviously the Mavs Luka, off for Luca, of course. Luca, Zion, uh, Jason Tatum. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but that's that's about it. It needs I'd need somebody like that right now to trade to trade that number one pick. Yeah. Because otherwise, a, a more established veteran doesn't do you any good on on this team with this roster. It doesn't really fit right. the timeline, in my opinion. You know, what's the? Uh, it's kind of like the same thing you saw with Blake Griffin getting traded to Detroit a few years ago, where it's like, oh wait, I mean, like you're a you're a better team, yes, but are you in a better situation? No. So I would need somebody young. I'd need somebody who's still probably on their rookie deal and I can offer a super max too. But other than that, I'm not, I'm not really all that interested. Yeah. I don't think anybody else is on that list. I mean, maybe you make an argument for Devin Booker, whatever, but like, I'm not accept. I'm not accepting like, you know, just SGA straight up. I'm not accepting Jason like uh, Jalen Brown, like straight up, like that's not De'Aaron Fox type. Yeah, DeAndre, like yeah. that's just not that's just not gonna like a De'Aaron Fox is like a good player, but like that's not a franchise changing talent by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. Okay. Um. All right. Good stuff. Uh, hopefully, this is the last time that we will be talking about this before the draft and uh, it probably won't be the last time as we get ever closer, but you know, we can all be hopeful, right? Um, <laughs> and July 29th speak, can't come soon enough. It, it really can't. And we're saying before the pod, this is the point where everyone is just like, all right, please just start the draft. We're all just yep. endless speculation and who's going to get traded and who's going to get traded for what. And, just all right just have have the draft and we'll be able to evaluate everything after that that's that's where we need to be right now um not gonna be a whole lot of free agency stuff to talk about with the pistons because of their roster space and you know that's a testament to some of their excellent young players that they drafted that have morphed into pretty solid nba players and two of those young guys are a part of team usa they were uh um hanging out with uh, Team USA in Vegas. Sadiq Bey was promoted. Um, Isaiah Stewart did suffer an ankle injury, which we saw that pop up in the Twitter notifications and instantly thought, oh, lovely, great. Um, We'll talk a little bit about Team USA falling to Mike Brown and um, the Nigerian national team a little bit. But, uh, uh, fellas, any thoughts on Sadiq Bey being promoted to Team USA? 
I mean, it certainly deserves the rec. You know, it certainly deserves recognition. He got in against Nigeria, but I, I mean, outside of like recording a steal, I don't even think he had a shot attempt. Um, but it's good that that him and and Mike's boy Darius Garland were of the group that got called up. It was those two and Whoa. Calvin. Wilson. Um, and, but I mean, being able to prolong your time and, and get out on the court with, I mean, he was sharing the court with, I'm trying to think who was out there, but I mean, obviously he, he was on the court with some, some great, great basketball players and it's only going to continue to benefit him. Um, it's something that he obviously has earned and, you know, he, it's, it's just, it's, it's good for his development. You always can always, you always hear about those stories of, well, they went to the Olympics together and, you know, they got to go to that training camp and they got to work out together and build a relationship. And, you know, then they just, they don't just go to the Olympics together. Then they end up working out in the off seasons together. And then all of a sudden Sadiq Bay is calling up so-and-so and it's saying, Hey, me and Cade, we re- we need that one more piece. Why don't you come be it? And all of a sudden, that's how you form your championship team. So it's great that he got that recognition. It's great that he's actually getting a few minutes too. Um, we'll see what happens tonight in uh, Team USA's game against Australia. We'll see how much he gets out on the court. Team USA looking to bounce back after their loss. Um, but it, it's good. It's great that he's up there. Uh, it's a testament, obviously, to his continued improvement that he was of the select group that was called up to the uh, official roster itself. I mean, there was a bunch of other guys that they could have named, you know, someone like Tyler Hero, for example, but they go with, you know, Sadiq, and that just shows, hey, he's continuing to improve. He's catching the eyes of some of the best players and coaches in the league. So it's it's great news. No other way to shake it. Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, the Pistons might not have – cap space for free agents this year but they do have a lot of free agent money available next year and you know who's a free agent bradley beal kevin durant zach levine uh so yeah yeah this is great for sadiq and it's just uh, more opportunity for both him and jeremy grant to start putting together a super team in detroit and after next season that's, that's how I look at it. No, I mean, like, really, like, it's it, this is nothing but good. Two players on Team USA. Yes, of course, it's bad that they lost to Nigeria. But from what I understand, and I didn't watch the game, but Jeremy Grant had a good showing. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you had the second worst record in the NBA, but you have three guys who are associated with the, the U.S. Olympic team that can't be anything but a good sign. It, it means that, yeah, you're young, but you're, you're moving forward. You're working towards something. You have something to show for all that suffering. And right now that's all Pistons fans really need to see. They need to see that, that end result rounding into rounding into form. Right. Aaron, you did watch the game team USA against Nigeria. Did you have any takeaways from that? Because to me, I mean, it was an exhibition game. And Nigeria shot incredibly well. Yeah, it was just like dribble handoff city. They played awesome. I mean, hey, it was an exhibition game, but they came out and they got the job done. Like, they deserve all the props in the world for that. I mean, you're still going up against great basketball players 
even if they weren't, you know, trying their hardest, like Nigeria came out and still beat some of the top, you know, 15, 20 basketball players in the entire world. And All of famers. Yeah. They deserve a lot Several. of recognition for that. It, it's a bad look for Team USA, considering you have Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, uh, Bam Adebayo, Jeremy Grant, like you have all these different guys and, and you can't go beat Nigeria whose roster uh, con- consists of a few fringe NBA players and then primarily overseas guys. Um, it's a, it's bad for Team USA because they should have been able to, to, to win that game even if they weren't playing their best basketball. But it, it was an ugly, ugly loss. But Nigeria definitely earned that win. The Miami Heat Nigeria team, essentially, I think they had – three or four guys and then bam was on team usa um but we didn't see any julia local for in that game unfortunately he was out i I don't know if he was injured or or what was going on with him there um i think he's just bad at basketball wow (laughs) (laughs) sorry joe if you're listening (laughs) no it was either julia local for or precious achua and nigeria went with achua who blocked durant Mm. I, he Aaron, annihilated I, it. Aaron, I cannot believe that you've neglected to mention former LeBron trade chip and Detroit Pistons legend Michael Benajay and Syracuse legend for what it's worth, my alma mater. Michael Benajay right. hit basically the game winner over Damian Lillard. SVG's hypothetical trade for LeBron has has never looked more relevant than it than it did the other day. Come on, man. Mike Benajay, step back three over Damian Lillard. Get out of here. Pissed it. Who, who like could have seen that tryout. coming? Oh, I could have. Let me tell you, <laughs> I've always believed in Michael Benajay. He just needs another shot. Just give you him the on to that stock for uh, maybe ever. <laughs> yeah. Finally cashing those chips. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a long-term hold with my Eric Devendorf and Johnny Flynn stock. Good Lord. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, okay, I don't even know how to pivot from that. We're just going to talk about fringe Pistons players, some of uh, Aaron's Aaron's favorite players. All right, go ahead, say it. Steve Blake. Oh, wow. Okay. Right, here we go. Nightmares. Nightmares. I mean, wow, the dribbling, the basketball off the foot extraordinaire. Um I was gonna say Luis Scola was playing for Argentina the other day. The man looks like a like a silver fox. It's incredible. He's got so much gray in his hair. And all I could think of was, now where oh where is Walter Herman right now? This man needs to be on the floor. Speaking of basketball players with gray hair, Kevin Love, Kevin Love, yep. Mike. silver fox, silver <laughs> fox. I think he had three minutes and three fouls. So. That's called a Thanasis on a Dekumpo, where I come from. That's called uh, a Joel Anthony spearheading his whatever trade value is remaining by uh, falling flat into an ocean of bad. And he gave you a, a Joel Anthony special. <laughs> Let's get into uh, arguably the, the most disappointing topic of the show. Not disappointing, bad. It's just straight bad. Okay, go right ahead. I mean, I was I was gonna let you just lead right right into well, it. You know, 
if we start talking about Steve Blake and all these guys, like, <laughs> you know, we could do an hour on that alone. So I figured, hey, let's just pull the Band-Aid off. We waited to get into this as our last topic before uh, the NBA Finals talk, but Isaiah Stewart suffers an ankle injury with the, the yes. select team in the, tra- in the training camp with Team USA. Uh, he left the scrimmage. He was the second player uh, from the select team to get hurt. Anthony Edwards got hurt the day before, but we have not heard anything about the Stewart ankle injury yet. Um, not great, Bob. No, not good. And then there was a COVID issue as well with Team USA. So now, now it's just compounding. Uh, problems but yeah you know I was going to ask had anybody heard anything I thought maybe I was out of the loop about the ankle injury but I have not heard anything I don't like that yeah that's kind of weird that's kind of weird it does make you concerned a a bit but on the other hand it depends on what it is if it's a high ankle sprain like okay all that you got to do is just sit out for the next eight weeks and that sucks but like it's not something that necessarily knock on wood is going to be a long-term, you know, issue. Um, Well, that's, I mean like that, like I I remember (laughs) there was a point in time where people were wondering if, if Steph Curry would even be able to like stay on the floor because he kept on having those chronic, chronic ankle injuries. It was a real problem before uh, 2015. So yeah, of course you never want to see something like an ankle injury, but it could be far worse. It's, It's not a knee injury. It's not a hip injury. It's not a back injury, which are big man killers. But of course you never want to see that. And and the fact that it's been all silent on the injury front either makes you feel like it's really not a big deal or it's really bad. Kind of no in between. No, it's that's, that's a fair way to put it. And uh, the whole eight week thing doesn't sound great when I'm planning the championship parade for the summer league title. And uh, Isaiah Stewart was going to be a pretty big part of that. So hopefully it's not anything serious. It's not great though, that we haven't heard anything. Like I'm surprised we haven't heard anything from at least like the beat writers that, you know, have, I would imagined that we would have heard something from at least them by now, even if it wasn't serious. Um, but it's just been dead silent on that front. Hopefully it's, it's nothing too serious because there's, a, there's some big plans for Isaiah Stewart. This is a guy that had a really nice rookie season, obviously. So being invited to the team USA select team and it just, you never, never want someone to go down, especially when some things have been falling right for Detroit. This is that bump in the road that you, you hate to see. And to not even have a diagnosis I mean, this was like, what, three, four days ago? At least. It, it, it was, was to, not, to not have a diagnosis is really weird. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll stay tuned on that front. Yeah. Well, we're definitely hoping for the best for Isaiah Stewart, but I guess it's going to swing in one of the wild uh, 
ends of the spectrum there if it's either going to be really bad or really good i mean i believe wendy's tweet said that he was that he left the court to get treatment but that's a little bit ambiguous if it's just ice and tape and and whatnot what does that mean <laughs> right right he's getting treatment i mean yeah what are I they not they, gonna i think they they're, say, they're not gonna do anything like of course right yeah, I think thanks for the update the sopranos <laughs> i think they said it in the sopranos and go and throw someone into the lake yeah treatment is a little yeah. bit ambiguous Oh, Brian Windhorst uh, sadly says, yeah, it turns out they had to put down Isaiah Stewart on the basketball court. They, they couldn't even God. take him off. Oh, it's too bad. But you know, when somebody gets a broken leg like that, there's nothing they can do. It's, it's healthier for right. them just to put him or out. Paul of Pierce needing a wheelchair <laughs> well, to go to the bathroom. That was a different kind of lower body injury. So. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, was, that, that was, was definitely an emergency situation. Right. That's a crumble to the ground and somebody help me just drag me off. <laughs> to be oh, fair, Lord. to be fair, we've all had a situation like that at least once in our life where we, where, where we crumpled down Go in on. pain and wanted somebody to take us off the court. So, Go on. <laughs> I don't think so. I think I, think I want to keep our sponsors, not get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a good idea. Thank, in, thanks for, unless, thanks for looking course, out for the brand. Unless, of course, we can get Pepto-Bismol money, in which case I'm all in. <laughs> uh, I think they're going to sponsor you, like, only. We'll be fine. We'll, Aaron and I will we'll keep the bet online. We'll yeah, get we'll a meat box. <laughs> we'll be fine. You, Pepto-Bismol. Pepto-Bismol. Hey. Hey, I'm going to, hey, we might need a lot of it this season. Who knows? The Pistons are going to be uh, up and down, I'm sure of it. No, no. It'll be all fun. It'll be all well, fun. But... You- Speaking of all fun, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 please. I, I was going to, to try and make a really, really bad segue into our last topic of, of the NBA Finals. I was going to say, you know who could probably use some antacid after getting absolutely having a basketball jams down his throat last night is P.J. Tucker. That poor guy got absolutely yeah. destroyed by Cam Johnson. Aaron's boy, part- Cam Johnson. Hey, I'm gonna the do the best part about it. I have to say every single time. The best part about it though was that like it was such an obvious charge. It was like the textbook definition of a charge, and the refs did not call it, which I'm all in for. I think that the charge rule should be thrown to the wayside when something incredibly dope happens on the basketball floor. That's my personal position. Charges are cool. They're, they're fine with me unless somebody throws down a sick jam, in which case, throw them out the window. I don't want to see a charge called on that, and I'm glad the refs did. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love how all over we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's only going to get worse. Um, as we get more comfortable, that's just kind of what's going to happen. We're just going to devolve more and more. But, you know, P.J. Tucker may have got totally yammed on, but – he gets the last laugh because the Bucks win game three at home. It was not particularly close. Giannis was, I mean, let's be honest. Like a week ago, we didn't know if he was going to play in game one. He went from doubtful to playing, which James Harden did that too with his ankle. And he was mostly a decoy, but not Giannis. No, no. He's uh, the most dominant player on the court as a two-time MVP should and uh, brings the Bucks back and they're now down two to one. 
that was an all-time performance for Giannis Antetokounmpo. And that's, that's the kind of performance you expect from um, your two-time MVP and arguably the best player um, on the planet. I mean, two weeks ago, we thought he might have torn his ACL, might have torn every ligament in his knee. Last night, he just went out and put up the only uh, 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 consecutive 40-point, 10-rebound game in history uh, the only other guy who's ever done that is some dude named uh, Shaquille O'Neal. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I think he was a pretty good player back in the early 2000s. Cavaliers legend, yes. Yes, that's right. Phoenix and Phoenix Suns legend, keep in mind. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, only six players, I think, in, in NBA history have ever put up consecutive 40-point games in the NBA Finals, uh, LeBron, Shaq, Jerry West, Rick Barry, and Michael Jordan. And now, Giannis Antetokounmpo. So he's putting his name up in rarefied air. As, and like you said, Mike, a two-time MVP should. But like the fact that this guy is just so dominant, so dominant with, with let's be honest, somewhat of a limited technical skill set it just really goes like to show you how physically impressive he is he really is a dominant physical force on the same level as Shaq and I really hope that the narrative people on Twitter are able to take a step back from their keyboards take a deep breath and acknowledge greatness when they see it because if you don't appreciate something like this while you have it, you're going to regret it when it's gone. That's how I look at this. Yeah, he, he was flat out dominant. And, um, you know, Drew Holiday, who we talked about before in, in our last pod, played pretty well. You know, he, he's, he has not shot the ball exceedingly well, but – Yesterday, he was 8 for 14 and 5 of 10 from deep with nine dimes. He played pretty well. That was the nice little bounce back performance. But, you know, we said earlier, he didn't really have to shoot a million times a game, neither him nor Chris Middleton. And, and almost nobody needs to when Giannis is, is that efficient. He was 14 for 23, 13 of 17 from the floor. He had a 41, 13 and 6. No big deal. Um <laughs> You know, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy um Aaron any any thoughts on uh um game game four heading into game four you know Jasper also gave us the the out of uh he wanted to see how Monty Williams oh yeah yeah pivot to, to losing Dario Saric I, I think I think the Phoenix Suns are gonna win game two I just want to say that now I think they I think they have a good chance at taking the victory in game two I'm willing to say that this week. <laughs> Thank, you, Thank you. Thank you so much for that. You're definitely like, you're definitely going to be the character of this show. Like I can just tell, like you, you got like just like a character persona to you and you do a very nice job of sticking with it. Um, but getting back, yeah, we're going to gonna need Pepto-Bismol. Aaron and I are both going to need to get through this podcast. <laughs> to get back to what you're asking, my game four, obviously a lot like, Monty Williams back against the wall now. Got to make some adjustments. Uh, but it's not just him. Like, the players have to make adjustments too. 
Aiton's got to learn how to play defense without without fouling, you know, Giannis or or whoever because he was playing so well and early on he was dynamite uh, against the Bucks who just could not stop him. But he got in his own way and was committing some fouls and then he had to come out of the game and couldn't get back out there and not n- neither in time nor to get back into a rhythm. And the Suns really missed his presence out there. They need him. I mean, Devin Booker, like this should be being talked about more that he was three of 14 from the field. Mm, he, he was terrible points. And like, yeah. he's had some monster games, but he's also had a couple of games where he's just not been there. And last night was definitely the worst of it in an NBA finals game. Your best player going three of 14 from the field, shooting 21%, making one three pointer. Like that has to be talked about more. If it's someone like Giannis having that type of game, you're certainly hearing about it. So obviously those two guys play such a key role. You still got a lot out of Chris Paul yesterday. Jay Crowder had a really nice game. Cam Johnson, phenomenal, as expected. Um, but Booker and it was Booker's got to be better, and Aiton's got to be on the court because we've seen just how much the Bucks have struggled to stop DeAndre Aiton. So it, it's it's those two guys, those two young players, really got to stop it up there. And then, you know, how do you stop Giannis? What do you do defensively? Do you go all in on stopping him and conceding more shots on the outside? I mean, what Phoenix was doing yesterday was just collapsing on him and, and fouling him. But do you do you try to stop him a little bit more without fouling? I don't really have a great answer for that because we were just talking about, oh, yeah, this guy is as imposing as Shaq. He's as dominant as Shaq down low. So uh, – it's not going to be easy, but it's the NBA Finals. Like it's not, it's not supposed to be easy. So some big changes needed for the Suns, but you got to give credit where it's due to the Bucks yesterday. You know, Phoenix was right there with them throughout the first quarter, but Milwaukee kind of got it going in the second, and then just rode it themselves, adjusted nicely, and got the job done. I thought they were going to win this game at home, big crowd already down 2-0 backs against the wall had to get the win they came out uh, a, a great performance for them and yeah how about a nice bounce back for for true holiday who has just really struggled to shoot the ball you mentioned his shooting numbers it, it, it was a good game for him Giannis was phenomenal and it didn't take huge performances from really anyone else I mean you got 18 from Chris Middleton but outside of that 11 points the next leading scorer uh, that's a good win for Milwaukee they played Really good defense. They shot the ball well. They converted at the free throw line. That's a great win for them. And it, it, I was hoping they would win. It, so it could be a little bit more of an entertaining series and got what I wanted. That's a good win for Milwaukee. Excited for game four. Um, it's good. It, it's shaping up to be a good series. Aaron, I want to quickly answer your question. Uh, you said, what do you do with Giannis? And and you, like you said, there's the Shaq comparison. I think you take a page out of the Larry Brown 04 Pistons playbook if you're the Phoenix Suns right now. And you say, you know what? We can't stop this guy. We don't, no one can stop this guy. So let's not try. Let's defend him one-on-one and let's let the other players around him have to beat you. And 
Last night they did, and that will happen occasionally. But I think if if I'm Phoenix, if I'm Monty Williams right now, I'm looking at this and I'm saying my best player had a terrible game. My my most important bench player in campaign had a terrible game. And the supporting cast for the Bucks really showed up on top of Giannis dominating. Let's not do that. Let's let the guy who's going to dominate us regardless dominate. Let's focus on everyone else defensively. And let's go forward in this series with the knowledge that overall, we have the more complete roster. Overall, we are a better, more even team than the Bucs are. And go from there. I think you. I think if, if you're Monty Williams, you just go one-on-one with Giannis. And yes, of course, if you can help, you bring the help. But overall, you make Drew Holiday, you make Chris Middleton beat you. You make them beat your best defenders one-on-one, two-on-one. And yeah, you, you take the fact that you've been a great team all season to the end. I've got two thoughts, and then I'll kick it back to you guys for any, any other predictions for game four and then for Jasper's uh, deflection um, <laughs> of making any sort of pick. Jay Crowder was six for seven from deep. He's very hot and cold. And the fact that the Bucks weathered the Jay Crowder is hot game is a pretty, a pretty good sign. Um, the second thing is that Frank Kaminsky is not good. I think he got the Dario minutes a little bit and he, for some reason forgets he's, he's tall and I just can't stand watching him play. He is, let's see, how tall is he? Yeah, he's seven foot, but he doesn't play like a seven footer. Um, So they're going to have to find a way to uh, shore up the bench campaign was three for 10 shooting as well. He was not particularly good off the bench either. And I touted the sun's depth as somewhat of a, of a positive thing. So naturally they go out and lay a giant egg. Um, But if you're the bucks, you, on top of getting the win, which obviously is very nice, I think you should, there, I mean, there's a lot to take away. Yeah, Devin Booker didn't have a good game, but, you know, the Sarich injury is a big deal. And I think they started to figure some things out to get Aiton into, into trouble. And they're going to have to make him adjust as well so that he's able to stay on the court, like you guys had um, alluded to there. Um, so I'm very excited for game four. I think it's going to be, tied going back to Phoenix 2-2. I think the Suns are going to get their home cooking going again. I think they figured some things out, and Giannis is still unstoppable, and um, we're going to be in for basically a best of three uh, after this. Aaron, any prediction? I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I, I think this gets tied up, and then it's a best of three. Milwaukee is in a rhythm right now. They looked really good. It might take one more game of adjustments for Phoenix to try to figure out uh, the best way to go about this. Hopefully it's a little bit of a closer game four, but I'm with you on Milwaukee evening up this series. I disagree. I think that the Suns take game four and I'm actually willing to go on on a limb this week because I got the answers. No, I actually got the answers to what I was looking for from last week, which is what are you doing with those Dario Saric minutes? And my hope is that because he's um, – I, I think that you've seen enough right now. Game game two, he played one minute. 
they won by 10. Last night, he paid, played what, 15 minutes, I want to say? They lost by 20. And he was minus 12 in those minutes that he played. You're talking about Frank. I'm talking about Frank Kaminsky. I think Monty Williams learned his lesson last night. You can't play Frank Kaminsky. And unfortunately, that might mean that you have to ride your starters a little more hard. Um, but from my perspective, yeah, I think, I think the answer is pretty clear. You, you, don't, you cannot play Frank Kaminsky in this series. And that's tough with Giannis, but it is what it is because <laughs> for all his size, uh, nobody slowed down Giannis Antetokounmpo last night. And I don't think anyone really can on this Suns roster. So you need to put out your, your best team defensively, not in terms of guarding Giannis, but in terms of guarding everyone else. And personally, I look at it. I think Monty Williams is a, is a really, really good coach. I think he should have been coach of the year. And I think he'll prove it in this game four. I, I don't think you'll see very much of Frank Kaminsky. I think you'll see more of that small ball. I think you'll see less emphasis on guarding Giannis and more emphasis on guarding Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday and attempting to force Brooke Lopez off the floor with small ball shooting. And yeah, I also don't think both campaign and Devin Booker who arguably are, are actually their two most important offensive players, which is insane to say about campaign, but I don't think they're, they're going to play as badly. So yeah, I think we're going back to Phoenix. I think it'll be three, one going back into Phoenix. I, I, I All feel right. very confident in the Suns to make the adjustments. I like it. I like it. I don't agree with it, but I could certainly see it happening. I mean, these are very evenly matched teams and they're in the finals for a reason. Mm-hmm. Fellas, that was a very good podcast. We covered a lot. We had plenty of laughs. Maybe we'll have a new sponsor in Pepto-Bismol at some point. <laughs> We're going to need it if Jasper keeps being his character, but we got to love it. Right, Aaron? I mean, I mean, this is, this is a lot of fun. This is why <laughs> uh, we brought all three of us together for the fun shows, the lot of laughs, and a new era. New era for the Pistons, pod, Palace of Pistons podcast, and new era for the Detroit Pistons coming shortly with the addition of Kate Cunningham. Mike, I know we, uh, we like to end the show with some sort of tie-in to Kate Cunningham, so there it is for me. Right. Uh, it's hey. better than Mitch McGarry. Oh, uh, wait. I knew you'd sneak it in there. I was, I, I thought about it, it when, anyway. <laughs> when we brought up Steve Blake. I'm like, do I, do I, do I say it here? I said, no, Michael, get it at some point. Don't no. worry. I got you. I got Look. you. Really, the whole wraparound with that Thunder trade we were talking about, like a few months back, leading all the way back to Mitch McGarry. I don't, I couldn't plan that any better. That well, was I, about as perfect as I could have possibly, possibly planted it. All I have to say is that, yes, Cade is better than Mitch McGarry at basketball, but I've never seen that man throw a strike. And Mitch McGarry, I've seen him throw a strike. So it's all a matter of perspective, right? Hey, bowling, basketball, they both start with a B, but they're very different sports. That's all I have to say. This is why people subscribe and listen to see if Mitch McGarry is or isn't better than Cade Cunningham (laughs) at basketball. This is the killer analysis. Oh my God. This is the killer analysis. Well, gentlemen, thank you all for joining me on another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Again, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you very much to our sponsor, Bet Online. Of course, if you want to get started on 
betting, you can head on over to the website or use your mobile device and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with Bet Online. For Aaron Johnson and Jasper Apollonia, I am Mike Angelano. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Palace of Pistons podcast, and we will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.